In order to support this show and keep providing you tons of free content week after week, we need the help of some great advertisers, and we want to make sure those advertisers are ones that you actually want to hear about, but we need to learn a little bit more about you to make that possible. So go to podsurvey.com slash she and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better so that we can bring on advertisers that you won't want to skip through. Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply, but again, that's P-O-D. S-U-R-V-E-Y.com slash she. Thanks for your help. What's up, guys? I'm Tim Tebow, and I am so excited about the release of my new movie, Run the Race, on February 22nd. Run the Race shares a powerful message that we cannot outrun the overwhelming love of God. There you go. You heard it from the man himself, Tim Tebow. You're not going to want to miss this movie. It's relatable, it's relevant, inspiring, and it's targeted toward today's younger generation. The movie will be in theaters on February 22nd, so go grab your tickets, grab a friend, and don't miss out. If you'd like to be entered to attend the premiere, walk the red carpet, hang out with me, and watch the premiere with Tim Tebow, you can sign up at runtheracemovie.com slash she. The giveaway includes free airfare, travel, hotel, and admission for two to the premiere in LA on February 11th at the Egyptian Theater. You'll also get exclusive access to the after party. The lucky winner will be announced on January 31st, so hurry up and go to runtheracemovie.com slash she, and I might just see you there. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. guys, you are in for a treat today because I want to give you an inside look behind the scenes of all things that uh, that I do <laughs> um, because I just think it's so fun to get a little bit of a peek behind the curtain. And so I asked my manager, Casey, who basically, per the job, the job title, manages my life. She keeps me sane. And she has probably the most insider look to the behind the scenes of not only my work, but probably also a lot of my personal life because there is some overlap. Um, And so I invited her to be on the show. We're sitting here in the studio and also our producer caught a lot of really great ad lib in the beginning. So stay tuned to the end because you're going to learn a great life tip that might change your life. But anyways, Casey, welcome to the show. Thanks for hanging out with me. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Can you um, share just a bit on how we met and what you do? Yeah. So we met at a show Mm -hmm. in Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Um, I had come with my team to to a concert. I think it it was a road show concert. Yep. And met Jordan and we started talking about all of your projects and all the things you had going on. And I learned very quickly how busy you were. And I was like, dang, this girl's got it going on. (laughs) She's crazy trained. (laughs) (laughs) No, but we hit it off really quickly. And I think after that, we pretty much talked like every day for a while and Mm -hmm. just became friends very quickly. Yeah. I think, I think we kind of became friends even that first night. We just kind of hung out. There were so many other people around, but we just kept talking. Like, mm-hmm. as if we'd known each other for a long time. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, I love it. Um, so then you and I had kept talking, and then you had started to point out some areas where I might be able to, mm-hmm. where you just could offer some insight or some help. Some things were growing kind of at a pace beyond what I could even kind of fathom mm-hmm. or control. Um, and I had a small team at that point, but no one really in the management side of things and managing some partnerships and relationships and things that can kind of begin to happen in the media space and influencer space and things like that. Um So then you kind of slowly stepped into that role at first more like just a sister and a friend and then more officially. So can you give listeners just a little insight into what is what is your job? What do you do? So management, it is kind of hard sometimes for me to put that into words, but really at its core, I would say it's um, a manager is a liaison, a buffer, a representative for an artist, an author, a speaker. We just kind of serve as um, somebody who tries to stay even keeled and Mm -hmm. somebody who bridges um, all of your relationships in work. So if it's partners or Mm -hmm. um, promoters or people that you have on staff, however Mm -hmm. that looks, Mm -hmm. we kind of serve as the filter for you. Yeah, that's a really great word because I feel like it really has helped me so much to have your ability to connect and keep such important relationships, which could be something like a publishing house or something like a promoter, like you said, or um, even my own staff and things like that, and can kind of serve as the communication or liaison role between those things and also helping keep my calendar, like keeping me um, just on On track. track. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you really filter through the things that I really don't need to see that or that doesn't really move the needle or Mm -hmm. really, you know, foster the vision of where I'm going so my time could be better spent focusing on this. But when it's something that's important, you are able to be the one that not only filters it through to me and is that communication piece, but also make sure that I address it on a timely matter, Mm -hmm. matter, manner, (laughs) Um, can't talk. And it's been so pivotal. I recently took some business education courses because I'm in a total geek, but um, the 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 presenter was talking about really being able to focus on what they called your genius zone. And I, you know, there are things that I could do, you know, I know how to answer certain emails and I know how to do this and that. And to a degree, I still do some of those things, but, you know, it's real. it used to really bog me down and take away from my ability to, you know, just all the menial tasks that come up with those partnerships and things, it really started to take away from my ability to dream and to vision cast and to create content and to lead a small team and to do the things that come with this interesting and somewhat unique, I guess, job type. (laughs) So, I mean, it's been a huge blessing having you in my life. And then I feel like we've also just kind of become friends. Mm -hmm. Like when I come to Nashville, Casey lives in Nashville. And so she kind of helps manage my life from afar. But at the same time, we get together quite often. And when she comes up to Indy to work or whatever, she hangs out and stays at our house and we have girl talk till 10 p.m. and mm-hmm. then I come here and I stay at her place. I mean, it's just a really fun dynamic too. It's not like, it doesn't really feel like work most no, of the time. it's fun. It's yeah. fun. And I think to add to that too, I think a lot of things that come across my plate in a normal work day, whether it's, you know, it's all communication, but whether it's for this project or that speaking event or whatever it mm-hmm. is, there are things that I'm obviously going to come back to you and talk to you about before, right. you know, anything's set in stone. But I think a lot of what a manager's job is, is to see all of these, you know, little day-to-day pieces of information that slide across my plate and to prioritize those. Some of those you probably need to see right away. Mm -hmm. And some of them, you know, it's not high priority. It Mm -hmm. can wait till next week. So it's, so it's not everything coming to you at one time and it's just a big rush, you know, where you're just like, wow, that's 
man, is that really necessary right yeah. now? You and know? then a lot of times when that used to happen, the things that really were priorities and whatnot would just get all jumbled up in right. the middle of everything else and slip through the cracks. Right. And that was problems. So, no, it really is so, so important and so helpful. But, okay, now that we kind of know what you do, let's get into the good stuff. Let's mm. get into the juicy stuff. I, I know that it's kind of silly, but I thought it'd be so fun to share what's it really like to work with me. What are some things that maybe, you know, from, you know, maybe a listener perspective or someone who might have read one of my books or my, you know, resources or followed on Instagram or whatever may not know because you can only see like 5% of someone's life through those lenses. And so I thought you'd be great to give a little inside look. So what is maybe, let's start off with just one thing. Let's not bombard anybody. (laughs) Let's not make them think I'm a crazy person. But what's one thing that maybe someone wouldn't know or that you've learned through kind of being behind the scenes of all things so night. I'll do, let's do one that's business-based and I'll okay. do one that's like personality. Okay, okay. That's, this is good. This okay. is good. So I would say one thing I noticed very quickly about you is how fast you process and how fast you work, hmm. um, like specifically with She Refined. Hmm. Um, I remember when you started talking about that idea and it felt like almost overnight. You had <laughs> everything finished, everything was written, produced, designed, everything was boom, it was uh-huh. finished and we were ready to go. And I realized, okay, she's not one to think of something and sit on it for too long. <laughs> so you are I'm a dreamer a and a doer. <laughs> she, yeah, you are, you, I've never seen anything like it. So that's <laughs> one thing that I noticed very quickly. That can be a good thing and a bad thing. I no, think our greatest strengths can also be our downfalls too. Well, it's amazing. And I've admired that about you. Hmm. So that's one thing that I noticed very early on. And I think the fun things... Um, <laughs> I think um, you're definitely, like, what you see on Instagram with you is what you get. Mm -hmm. So I've really appreciated that. So, like, you are always just real chill with, you know, your hair up and (laughs) with workout pants on and that kind of stuff. Um, So definitely always just so relaxed, but also very able to get down to business and produce content like almost overnight. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy. And sometimes, sometimes we have to be sitting there and Casey's like, Hey Jay, yeah, it's 10 PM. Shut your brain off. Oh yep. yeah. Okay. Sorry. You know, you it's like, to bed. <laughs> yeah, my brain just, it, sometimes it just, I, I took a test in high school, you know, when you're trying to figure out what you want to do with your life. Um, and so I remember I felt really unsure of what direction to go because I'm kind of this it's it's a good thing and a bad thing, but having kind of a right brain left brain equal balance combo means that I'm very strategic and very um, I I can think of like the actual core meat of things, but then I also have this very creative side that it's like oh, and I also can envision exactly how I think it should look or like mm-hmm. what color scheme we should go with or the general vibe, and so it's almost like because I have both those things going on, my brain can like wrestle with itself. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I remember I went to take this test because I felt so confused as to which direction to pursue because I had those two sides that were both so strong. And it sounds like maybe that's a good thing, but it can also really be a not so good thing because it feels like you never get to just chill. And anyway, so my mom said, let's go take this. It was called the um, Johnson O'Connor test or Johnson O'Connor Institute. And basically they test your aptitudes, not necessarily just your strengths or not necessarily just your personality traits, but actually aptitudes. Um, it's kind of the way you work and the way that you just tackle life. And it, it's kind of like your core natural um, tendencies and strengths and things like that. And so basically what one of the biggest takeaways from them was your greatest strength is that you can I can memorize numbers and I have this ongoing inflow of ideas. Like I can see. A, this is true. <laughs> 
a ten-digit number and like somehow memorize it. It's really weird. Like I have my credit card numbers memorized. Isn't that weird? Who does yeah. that? I'm I've, a freak. I'm I've a freak. that about you early too. <laughs> like with a calculator. I don't remember. It was one of the first nights we were ever together, and we were sitting on my couch. Do you uh-huh. remember this? And I had a, my phone out, and I was typing in numbers for something. I don't remember what we were doing math on, uh-huh. but it like the number got so huge, and I was having to go back and remember what I had just gotten. Mm-hmm. And you were like, oh, Casey, it was this. <laughs> just give me the phone, Casey. Just give me the phone. <laughs> like you're, you're messing I'm this sorry. up. And I was like, oh, man, my, my weakness is numbers, so. <laughs> well, that's what's so weird about me is it's that's what I'm saying. It's this weird combination where I have plenty of weaknesses, like in the patient's department and all these other things. But when it comes to numbers, a lot of, like, memorization kind of comes easy to me. But then what's weird is I also have this constant inflow of ideas. Like, if I pause for about 45 seconds, I'll have about 45 ideas. It's really that. weird. And that's why I naturally talk so fast. Sometimes on this podcast, I have to like slow myself down. But anyways, they actually highlighted, they did this test and they they kind of described this natural aptitude, these things that were kind of equally strong. And then they gave me some suggestions for career paths based off of those things. But one thing that I don't even remember what they suggested, but what they said, what they had pointed out to me was they said, you know, we've noticed that you talk pretty fast and here's why you talk really fast. You, your brain is constantly sending ideas, like you're, you're constantly having these ideas come up and your mouth and your brain are trying to figure out which one to actually spit out. And so that's where I say it could be a good thing and a bad thing because being now a content creator and someone who creates resources and writes and uses that kind of creative ability, it's very rare for me to feel like I very rarely ever have writer's block. I was going to say, you probably <laughs> don't run out of ideas when you write. No, I really don't have writer's block all that often. But what I do have is this frustration where I'll have the, a variety of different ideas of what to write and trying to filter what's the best one to pick and what really fits, which might sound like it comes easy. But what can be very frustrating is I'll pick one and then as you know, let's say I'm writing a chapter of a book or something. I'll take this whole section. I'll decide to go with this idea after a lot of going back and forth in my own brain. I'll, I'll go with it, and then I'll come back and read it later or fill in more of the, the rest of the chapter and then want to change it all. So it's really hard for me to, like, settle on something, and I almost have to, like, fight against my own natural tendency and really fight to filter for the right idea. So that can be kind of a blessing and a curse, and it can be quite a frustration because some days I'm like, gosh, I would rather just not have an idea until the right one comes because it's just this, like, I get a headache, you know? So it's kind of weird. It's um, a little bit of an interesting pickle to be in sometimes. But You do that with photos, too. You'll do that yeah. with words, and you'll have an idea, and then you'll look at a picture, and then you'll be like, ugh. Yeah. Maybe we should do something else uh-huh. because I've got this idea for this. <laughs> you have, yeah, your brain is constantly going. Yeah. It's amazing. You're a genius. And I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm maybe more crazy than a genius. But, <laughs> but what I will say is I think that leads into something else that you have pointed out about me is that I don't know if indecisive is the word because it's kind of like I'm, I'm decisive. I'll do something. But what would someone not know about just like kind of what you said is – wanting to change stuff I guess I think you you're very passionate so you care about the message and the purpose and you're intentional about Mm -hmm. everything you put out and produce Mm -hmm. whether it's a word or a photo or anything Mm -hmm. you have a reason for choosing what you choose Mm -hmm. so I think sometimes after you make a decision on whether it's you know a cover of something or you know a 
thumbnail or whatever it is, you'll start looking at it and start really thinking, why did I put this here? Mm -hmm. Well, would it make more sense to change that with something different? You know, you, you start to kind of play with different options in your head. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever really call you indecisive. You just really, everything matters, you know, you care. So I think, um, I don't know, with your, con- a con- it's a combo with your yeah. constant ideas that you've got rolling around in your head and mm-hmm. then also caring mm-hmm. about the purpose of everything that you do. It's just this constant, let's switch it out. Let's yeah. keep looking. Let's keep, find something fresher. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's yeah. find it until we keep trying things until we see it. And we're just like, that's it, mm-hmm. you know? And that's kind of the perfectionist in me too. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of things that could totally work, but I'm a firm believer in just because it works doesn't mean it's what you should do. Right. Um, and that's why my company and the work that I do and the direction I take it changes all the time. Not because I'm just like willy nilly, like, mm, I don't like it anymore. It's more like, okay, that worked for a season mm-hmm. or that served this purpose or that worked for a little while, but I'd never, I just want to refuse to be the the girl who's like, oh, it's working. Let's just ride the wave. Right. I would rather honestly cause discomfort to myself. And even though there's a natural resistance there and make a change that I feel is necessary or, you know, go through the growing pain that needs to happen rather than just settling into like, well, it's working. Everything's fine. Right. Because just because it works doesn't mean it's right and right. or it's right for a long term solution. And so that's kind of where I can look indecisive and crazy. But um, when you go back and you look at something and you want to change it, I think one thing I've noticed about you, too, is that ultimately mm-hmm. the, the purpose of everything you do is to serve and love others. So if you think there's a better way to get a message across, if you think there's a better way or a need that needs to be met mm-hmm. or some way that you can serve better, you want to do it. Yeah. So that's a constant changing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's really the heart behind everything you do. Okay, so speaking into that, I want to share a little bit of a story because it's funny. My mom, she is just such a genius. But anyways, she created this test that is really – it's it's essentially a response to failure test. She works in professional sports, and she started to notice that different players responded to failure differently, um, whether it was, you know, let's say it's baseball. Well, if they had a strikeout, did they recover the next time? Or if it's tennis, you know, or I don't know anything about tennis, so scratch that. If it's football, I know all things about football. <laughs> you know, if they, um, if they fumbled, how did they recover? Did they fumble again the next time? Did they um, miss? their block the next one or did they actually get better and you know recover and so there's all these different she kind of like did this whole statistical research and started to discover these kind of recurring failure patterns that exist in people she created this little test and it's on a marble board and the goal is that you have like 12 marbles on a board or a certain amount of numbers or a certain amount of marbles on a board and the goal is to you have a certain kind of move kind of like with chess or checkers or something to get it down to one marble you're not I think you're timed but the time doesn't necessarily matter some people it really bothers, some people it doesn't. But anyways, they developed this test and the idea was what is your first, like how do you, how, how well do you do the first time? Do you get it all the way down to one or do you quote unquote fail and maybe get it down to four marbles and then you have no moves left? And then you do this test three times and it measures, do you progressively get better? Like do you maybe only get it to five the first time and then get it down to three the second time and then you get it to one? Or maybe you kind of plateau, maybe it's three, 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 or maybe it's you know, you get better or you get worse. I'm sorry. Maybe you really knock it out of the park the first time and then the next time and the next time you don't do so well. So there's all these different patterns. Well, mom tested me when she was developing this test. And I remember I'm like, I don't know, I think I was in like high school or something. And I was like, I don't want to do this, you know, but she, she had me do it. And I'm actually so grateful that she did because what I discovered was on this test, um, the first time, the first round, you get three tries. The first try, I, I got it down to two. 
And so I did relatively well the first time. But the second time, it was at six. And I was like, well, dang, like, I did pretty well the first time. I was only one marble off. And now I just did much worse. And so then on the third try, what was interesting is it went back to my original score was two. And so once they did a lot of crunching of these numbers and statistical analysis and all the things that go with all of that that I don't honestly understand, um, what came, what we came to find out was, well, my failure pattern is that I'll do okay, that I might have a, you know, I might slide back or have a fail, but I'm able to recover and kind of go back to my original, you know, resting place. Well, we found that that's actually also very much reflected in how I make decisions or in how I take action. So I might, like you said, I'm a doer, you know, I'll mm-hmm. think of an idea and it'll be implemented. Then I'll start tweaking it. And so my perfectionist, a lot of people, um, when they think perfectionism, they think like, oh, it's procrastination. You're paralyzed. You can't even make a move, like whatever. I'm kind of more I will make the move relatively quickly. But then my perfectionist tendencies come out then. I'm like, wait, maybe we should do it this way or maybe we should do it that way or maybe Mm -hmm. that wasn't the perfect thing. And then I go through 18,000 other options. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I bought my wedding dress, like any major (laughs) life decision, whether it's launching a podcast or buying a wedding dress or picking a venue or all of these different things, I remember we bought my wedding dress and I felt so confident about it. I was like, this is the dress. This is the thing. I had the moment, you know, said yes to the dress. Six months later, got small durations done. Same dress. Not just started doubting it, made mom go look for new dresses with oh, me. Jay. I know. I know. Are you shocked, though? Oh, no, I'm not shocked. <laughs> so no. went and I tried. I feel like this is my life. It's just not a wedding dress. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Went and tried on probably five or six other options and then came back to, you know what? No, I think I, I like my dress. And it's so funny because then my mom looked at me and she goes, that's your 262 pattern. Mm-hmm. And we kind of chuckled about we it. Did She's like, you did that today. I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. With another little like project. And so it's hilarious because now my husband knows this about me. And I think it's actually really helpful for people to know about me and mm-hmm. when they work with me because, you know, when I have these like freak out moments, we're able to gauge, okay, did she have like a few hours where she totally rethought something and kind of slid back and then she comes back to her original idea or her original de- decision? If so, then it's good and it's the right thing. If it's one of those things where I'm like, nope, this really is wrong, which can happen, like then we got to flex a little. But it's really funny because even Matt now, my husband, he'll be like, if I have these moments of, do you think we really should have gotten this couch? Are you sure it was the right one? Why do we have this couch? Do you think it goes with the walls? I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't have done that. You know? And Maybe I, it needs to be a shade darker. Yeah. Like that is seriously yeah. what happens. And he'll look at me and he'll shake his head and he'll be like, 262. Yeah. 262. And he walks out of the room and I get so frustrated. But then about 48 hours later, I'm like, I love this couch. <laughs> I made a great decision. 262. 262. Yes. Okay, so now I want to know what's the most challenging thing about working with me. Ooh, is put it me my, on the spot, is, Jay. I, hey, be real with me. I need to know <laughs> these things. I need to know. And I mean, it probably is some of my back and forth, seemingly indecisive nature. But what would you say is something that's challenging or or enjoyable, I guess? I guess it doesn't have to be negative, but maybe that someone wouldn't know. Hmm. Well, I love that you... I mean, everything, even serious business, I feel like you're always able to kind of, I don't know, there's like a separation for you. You can Mm -hmm. quickly come back over to, okay, it's all good. Nothing's the end of the world. Like, let's just chat. You know, you're you're really good at that Um, because I think for you, relationships come first, Mm -hmm. what I've noticed, with everybody you work with. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a really enjoyable thing Mm -hmm. about working for you. Um, I think a challenge, 
Um, it's kind of one of those blessing and curse things because even though you do go back and forth about an idea, mm-hmm. I think sometimes, yes, I think you can kind of overanalyze mm-hmm. and I think it you bog yourself down sometimes. But at the same time, it's a great thing because we always end up with phenomenal, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is we're debating, going back and forth on, it always looks great. It always sounds great because you've really cared about the outcome. Mm. So that's kind of one of those things where it just depends, but it could be a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Oh, and I also really appreciate that you're a night owl like me, but now all of a sudden you started going to bed early <laughs> and you started getting up really early and I'm like what the heck when did this happen but we used to stay up late doing book edits and talking about stuff and then now she's like I gotta go to bed I know I I have a problem because yeah I I was running into this issue because I can be such a night owl like to me I thrive when it's like 11 the 11th hour and I'm like (gasps) idea let's talk it out Mm -hmm. and let's figure it out and do it before midnight, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's so, but what was starting to happen is then I was also having a hard time starting my day the next morning. No, that's wise. You did a good thing yeah. by changing this. Yeah. It, I need to get on the bandwagon. You need to get on the granny bandwagon. Well, yeah. you get married in a week. And so, you know what? I bet it'll start it's to happen coming. slightly after. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. All your cool, your, your cool just goes out the window. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> no, I, I expect it. <laughs> but like, this is a new thing, y'all. She started yeah. going to bed really early and waking up really early recently. Yeah. And it shocked me. I was like, yeah. where's Jay? It's yeah. 11 o'clock and we're not talking anymore. Yeah. And she's not texting me about yeah. 17 ideas. And <laughs> even last night I stayed at, at Casey's house and she's sitting in my room at like 930. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go to bed. And she's like, oh. <laughs> I was like, I'm that's, not kicking you out, but I am. That's a new one. We usually stay up till one. Yeah, like, what's going on? No, I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump on the bandwagon, too. Oh, this is great. Well, no, it really is fun. And just a little peek behind the scenes. There's probably a lot more challenging things about me that you're too chicken to share. But no, that's okay. No. I think <laughs> I really, you, I, it doesn't this, hurt is, my this is another thing about management. I really do feel like a manager has to have a certain fit mm-hmm. with an author, or speaker, or artist. Mm-hmm. I think there has to be a special like, you know, I, I need to believe in what you're doing, mm-hmm. which I do. Mm-hmm. And we also, our personalities need to mm-hmm. jive. Mm-hmm. And we just need to be able to work well together. And we do. Yeah. So I think that's super important. And, I mean, really what I do all day, every day is talk to people, yeah. partners and you, yeah. and move things forward, move the needle. Yes. And thank the Lord for that. So you are such a blessing. And thanks for keeping my life in order and keeping me sane. I love working with you. You're a blast. <laughs> you're the best. Well, thanks for joining on the show. I hope this was a fun one for you guys to listen to. If you stay tuned, listen to the end because we caught a little bit in the beginning where we're talking about our favorite armpit product. <laughs> one that will bless your life if you sweat when you're it passionate really or nervous life. or whatever. It might, and maybe it's a good thing. So anyways, that's kind of fun. But thanks for joining me, Case. You're the best. Thank you for having me. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. 
This show is a part of the Lasting Media Network and produced by John Fender, Jason Barrett, and Jonas Litton with the help of Jackson Willis. Visit LastingMediaGroup.com to learn more. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. I don't know why I'm sweating so much. (laughs) (laughs) That should be included. No, I'm not kidding. That's a real problem of mine. You know this. No, I, I have a sweating problem too. Wait, what? Why don't I know yeah. this? Wait, your your pit sweat really easy. When I get like <laughs> really passionate about something, it's just like open the floodgates. <laughs> so there's this stuff called certain draw. I okay. I, I used to use that. It. Does it actually? I used it when I was like eighteen. Middle school. Okay. I started using it in middle school, and I still use it, and I'm 28. Wait, wait, really? Mm-hmm. Okay, like, I gave up on it. Don't soon. ever sweat because <gasps> I use it. I never sweat. What does it do? It's you like this magical potion. You just put on a little bit at night. I use the roll-on. Oh, dang. And you will not sweat. Like, you won't. Dang. See, it doesn't happen like... Else, but. No, no, no. Oh, well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but no, that's, for me, it's like, it happens when I get really passionate. And so there's been times, like, when I've been speaking, and I'm like, <gasps> shoot, shoot, everybody, put your arms down. <laughs> I mean, you know this. I've told you about this. So I prefer, I try to wear, like, black or patterned shirts just in case I get too fired up. And it's like. Yeah. No, I get that. It's the weirdest thing. I don't or sweat. Anywhere else. I don't good. like my face doesn't sweat. What? White is good, too, because they can't tell. Really? You wore a white shirt. But certain dry. Certain dry. Note to self. We need to get some of that. Okay. Good. Well, do you want to get started? Sure. Okay. You've been recording that whole thing? You know it. Ah! Oh, snap. Oh, okay, okay, okay.